Welcome to Screen Quest, a podcast where a fellowship of film lovers and armchair movie experts plays film roulette. I am one of your hosts, Chris Waterman from Jacksonville, Florida, joined as always by Mae Finch, also from Jacksonville. Hey guys. We also have Will Rotondi from Greenville, South Carolina. Hey, hey, what's going on? And our very first and very special guest, George Arevalo from Miami, Florida. Welcome, George. What's going on? What's up? You watched last week's episode. Uh, you were introduced to George briefly at the end when we drew our main quest for this uh, episode, which is Snakes on a Plane. Our prompt, of course, was camp or cringe. So we'll be getting into that a little bit later on the show. We'll also be drawing a side quest. And since George is the guest of honor, I'm going to make him go uh, for that <laughs> side quest. So get ready for a little spontaneous action, George. Uh, we'll, we'll walk you through that when the time comes. But first, I hate that we have to do this two episodes in a row, but it, we are going to uh, start off with a little bit of a somber note here. And uh, we'll, we'll call it a celebration, um, but also in memoriam for Nichelle Nichols, who just passed away as of this recording today. So July 31st, uh, very sad day. If you're a Trekkie, she played, of course, Lieutenant Uhura in the original series of Star Trek, of course, and number of Star Trek films as well. So very, very sad. Rest in peace, Nichelle Nichols. I have many fond memories um super iconic you know one of the first black women to uh star in like a a, a starring role I, I think like in the 60s and specifically like i think uh i don't know if this is true or not but credited as having like one of the first like interracial kisses on television in star trek the original series which is a big deal yeah it was uh it was the first like mouth-to-mouth -mouth interracial kiss uh, but she's something I realized only recently is she's also a trailblazer in that after leaving Star Trek, she went on to work with NASA mm -hmm. and she started this recruitment program for women and minorities. And she's kind of the reason that we had Dr. Sally Ride as like the first female astronaut and uh, Guillaume Bluford as the first African-American astronaut. So that's that's pretty cool. She took her work on the screen and uh, took it to NASA. <laughs> It's amazing. It seems like something that like, you know, could easily be construed as like tongue in cheek with how many of the Star Trek stars like worked really like closely like in space exploration type stuff, but they like were really passionate about it. I know James Duhon, I think when he passed away, like has some of his remains in outer space, like the guy that played Lieutenant Scott. So, um, yeah. Never seeing a single Star Trek episode or or movie. I know. Shame on me, but. Yeah, so I, I honestly didn't know who she was, but I can relate to like a lot of like, you know, childhood heroes I've been passing recently in the past couple of years as as you get older, that stuff starts to become more normal and it's and it still sucks, even though it seems like she lived a long life. Still, it's sad when you see like a, a little piece of your childhood or, or history uh, is gone, you know? Absolutely. Uh, they vary in quality as far as the movies go, so um that's okay uh if you ever want like a little crash course like abbreviated version i'm sure all three of us uh main hosts could could uh steer you towards some some of the better ones because there's a lot but i mean she was an extraordinary woman and an extraordinary actor and i don't think i could do her justice in any sort of uh any capacity right now it's just really shocking to to have it be so sudden but yeah she'll definitely be missed she was wonderful 
really funny like too like the one of the things that stands out to me the futurama episode where they had like all of the uh yeah. the <laughs> heads and jars and <laughs> they they have the great fake out where they're like um and now somebody like who has the sexiest voice to like narrate this and like they, the camera is like on michelle nichols and then it like quickly pivots to george takei and he's like well let me tell you <laughs> it's just a great little fake out and she like kind of glares at him you know in cartoon form of course but like mm-hmm. yeah well, RIP Nichelle Nichols, you did live an awesome life and uh, one of the coolest characters ever uh, in sci-fi history. So you will be missed. All right. Uh, so with that, let's uh, pivot to a side quest. So George, I don't know how familiar you are with the podcast format. Um, in addition to talking about snakes on a plane today, we always draw a side quest and uh, one of us will um, pick a film that like fits in with the topic. And uh, don't worry, we can cut around this if you need some time to think. Sometimes we do, depending on the topic. So I'm going to read out the topic to you and then you can pick any film you want and just kind of talk about how it fits with the topic. And I think you'll kind of see what I'm talking about once I draw the card. So okay, giving these a little shuffle. And here we go. All right, so uh, this will be an easy one. I think this is a softball. So it's going to be a Neuralizer. Neuralizer is such. Pick a film that you wish you could forget and experience for the first time all over again. I think that's a pretty easy one. I mean, again, you can take some time to think about it, but. I'm kind of between two. Um, So I'm just going to use both since it was an easy one. (laughs) Sure. Uh, For me, it's it's, the easy one is... um, uh, Star Wars A New Hope, because mm-hmm. that that just opened like a lot of things for me um, watching that as a kid. It's it's like basically created a whole new world, you know, galaxy, right? All that whole thing. It's just everything that's come of it. It's hard not to uh, it's hard to to downplay the impact it's had on my life. And, you know, I'm obviously a huge Star Wars nerd um, and being able to see that for the first time and see what would come after it, you know, cause obviously that, that movie isn't my favorite, but what it laid the groundwork for, um, being able to experience all of that again for the first time, uh, would be, would be, you know, would be amazing. And cause I'm seeing this with some of my friends now, now that star Wars has become more mainstream with the popularity of this, like, for example, the Mandalorian brought in a, a ton of uh, friends of mine that had never cared to see Star Wars and now they're all into it so seeing how like them asking me questions and getting all into it like I wish I was going through that right now you know I wish I wasn't already like expecting certain, certain things and fact checking things that the, that the shows do so being able to just experience Star Wars for the for the very first time um, would be would be awesome and then the other one um, which I won't go too into but Shaw, Shawshank Redemption um, that mm-hmm. would be definitely a movie that I would want to see again for the first time because I, I just feel like it's one of my favorite movies and just like amazing from start to finish. Um, and I feel like that movie holds up well. Uh, you know, so it, w- it would be a great movie to watch right now for the very first time. So, um, but yeah, two different reasons, but those are the two that I would go with. Both good picks, especially Star Wars, because like yeah. I'm assuming in this hypothetical scenario, you would erase like all of the Star Wars canon, not just that one. Right. Your brain. Yeah. 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 I, I, <laughs> yeah. I would take it a step further. It means like, I don't know anything about star Wars if we begin yeah. with that one. So. Yeah. That, that would be awesome. Um, I don't, have I told you the story about like, um, so I had like my first experience with that was a VHS from like, like an ABC broadcast of that. So like with commercials and everything. 
Um, and I lived like a good six or seven years of my life, like thinking like that was like the only Star Wars film, like not knowing that there was an Empire Strikes Back in uh, Return of the Jedi. And so when my mom like remarried and was well, was dating like my stepdad, Joe, who you've met before, uh, we were at my grandmother's house in New York and she had like 10 VHSs, like, which, you know, <laughs> like when you're a child and you've got like Disney movies and all that stuff, like seems like, like not a whole lot. And one of them was the Empire Strikes Back and it didn't have a cover or anything. So it was just like, uh, like a loose VHS or like maybe in like one of those, like, you know, extra little like plastic cases that you used to be able to buy. And uh, Joe's like, like offhandedly, like, oh, Star Wars, uh, the Empire Strikes Back. That um, that's a, that's like probably the best Star Wars movie. And I was like, excuse me, like, what did you just say? And he was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, you know, it's, it's the second Star Wars movie. I was like, there's a set. He's like, there's three. There's three of them. This is the second one. And I like, dude, I it blew my mind. We watched it and I was just I was so excited. And Joe being the guy that he was like immediately like drove to like the video store like we were on vacation and like rented Return of the Jedi for me it was like well now you've got to like see how it all plays out so um, I kind of know what that excitement is like a little bit like because that's all I had was a new hope so just like even at that point pre prequels you know like having two other movies felt like the like the biggest treasure trove of like extra world building and because you could see as a kid like the ending of a new hope seems pretty self-contained right they get the the death star blows up they get their medals it seems like pretty final right like i think it's an awesome pick yeah <laughs> yeah it's great I, I think my my the, the way that i got exposed to star wars was actually by the super nintendo games um because they had a one for each of the movies and i remember playing the first one it was very hard really difficult yeah, it was like it's like super super hard and then, and then, um, you know, it was my cousins who had the Super Nintendo, and then they ended up grabbing the VHSs and showing me. And then from there, we just, you know, got obsessed. I remember going to see the the prequel trilogies all like at midnight back in the day, like when you <laughs> actually had to go at midnight. It wasn't like they weren't starting at six in the afternoon like they do now, but you like legit had to go at midnight. And I remember the theaters had like, um, like whole. Like they had people come out in costumes and like perform before the movie started. Like there was like <laughs> Darth Maul and like, which is funny because like we hadn't seen the movie yet. We had just seen trailers and stuff, but they were just there like performing and having a whole little show before the actual movie started. It was like a whole thing. And I mean, I'm sure some of you guys might remember just making lines for, for movies. Now you can just reserve a seat, but that was just badness. It was like, I don't know. It was, it was, it was crazy going to, oh, no, it was awful. You had to show up at like 9 PM. Like if you yeah. wanted a decent, I mean, seat, it was like... awful now, but like back then it was exciting, you know, it was like, oh, I'm going to be yeah. the first to see this. Cause there wasn't social, social media, the internet where you like, it, you'd have it spoiled, like legit being one of the first people to see it was like a big deal, you know, and being able to talk about it the next day at school or something like just <laughs> all of that. A lot came with star Wars that isn't, doesn't even have anything to do with the movie itself, but being able to go through that again would be awesome. Will, like, I know, like, uh, you're, you're like uh, the, roughly the same age as us. Did you go through like the same kind of craze, like, uh, with Star Wars, like in particular, like the prequels? Do you remember going to see like those in theater and were you part of that excitement or was it kind of like, eh, for you? Uh, well, I definitely grew up in, uh, loving Star Wars as a kid. So the original trilogy, um, and when, the prequels came out there had already been a lot of hype for star wars because they did the special edition for each one each of the original films to re-release those before they went through and did episode one two and three and so i remember the big hype for that back in grade school 
and thinking that was really cool with all the extra special effects. And then I could, and unfortunately, I just remember also being very disappointed in <laughs> in the prequel movies when they came out and thinking this is not the same Star Wars that I remember, um, which arguably I still think in retrospect, they're better than some of what's come since then too, but that's a whole other conversation <laughs> for later. But uh, yeah. I mean, I think they're, they're good in their own right for what they were. I, I think they're much more, and I mean, even Lucas mentioned when they came out, they were geared toward children. So it's like, I mean, you he he kind of told you what, <laughs> what to expect with that. But I uh, I just remember I I wasn't really too thrilled about the the prequel movies, but the the original ones will always uh, hold a special place in my heart. That if we can ever get the unspecial edition version of those, the original version, just maybe a little bit cleaned up from from how old they are uh if they're locked away in some disney vault somewhere uh that would be nice but <laughs> not really I, old I do not have on that them anymore. on dvd like they like they they had like if you bought the special edition hmm. dvd like when star wars first came to dvd like the second disc had the mm-hmm. original like undoctored like versions <laughs> yeah um but like I remember they didn't look as good like you could tell like the remastering you know and like the the TLC wasn't there so I'm with you like clean it up make it look as good put it in 4k and like you know drop that on Disney plus I bet you'd get some new like some uh, subscribers even if it was just for a month to be able to watch those it's true and uh Will I can defend your prequel opinion uh as someone who was a child when they came out I remember growing up on the original series, being completely obsessed with those first three movies, watching them all the time with my brothers, Um, going to see, I think I got the first one with Darth Maul like on VHS, but I went to go see the Clone Wars in theater. I fell asleep halfway through. (laughs) Nice. Wow. That's impressive. It was was not (laughs) (laughs) kid-friendly. You mean politics and trade negotiations and all that stuff? Yeah. I wasn't as down on them as some people. Like, I was definitely disappointed. Like, to say that you weren't a little disappointed, I feel like you, you, mm-hmm. not entirely true if you were a huge Star Wars fan. But, like, I tried to always see the good. Like, all of them had really good sequences at some point or another. Like, uh, I mean, the Darth Maul, like, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan fight. I don't mm-hmm. care what you think about the rest of that movie. It's amazing. It's my favorite. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, all it's, the music's it's amazing. amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The soundtrack's, of course, good. So I think there was yeah. good in all of them. Um, but yeah, um, the pod <laughs> pod racing was cool. I uh, felt like it, that that movie was tailored for me. I was a child. I mean, what the first one came out, what ninety nine, right? Phantom Menace was like ninety nine or so. So I was that sounds about right. Yeah. I was ten, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, what? A couple years later, so between me being ten to sixteen years old is when those movies came out for me. So. I I have fond memories. I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed them all, and even the you know whatever. I guess we won't talk about the sequel trilogies because I think those are, you know, even if you love the the prequels, I feel like everyone can come together and 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 you know be down on those. But I've always been of the opinion that like I I'll take at Star Wars is better than no Star Wars. You know, I'll take whatever. You know, it's all fun. I just you know. I just I love all of it, even though some mm-hmm. of it's very questionable. But um, well, I, I love love that answer, man. Absolutely yeah. <laughs> love that answer. Uh, great, great choice for a neuralizer. And it's I think our first neuralizer at that. So uh, well done. 
So now we're going to uh, transition over to uh, some motherfucking snakes on some motherfucking <laughs> planes or really one plane. Uh, so our prompt from last week, it was camp or cringe. And for our uh, audience members who may need a refresher, uh, camp is essentially um, a self-aware type of like over-exaggerated style. Um, like think Rocky Horror Picture Show um i would say like you could probably argue uh the room is camp if you believe tommy wiseau's retroactive claims that he like made it as like a a comedy like i don't know that i buy that but uh sure um so yeah camp is very much like a self-aware over-exaggerated style of filmmaking that results in humor uh cringe obviously is going to be a little more subjective what that is to you but i think we all kind of know what cringe is so um what what's cringe to you and somebody else might be completely different so we're gonna now talk and debate on whether we think snakes on a plane is camp or cringe uh before we get into that actual debate uh, i do want to go around and get uh impressions from everybody like always uh george uh since you're our guest of honor i'm going to start with you just give me some initial impressions of uh what did you make uh on uh, snakes on a plane um I had never seen this movie before, you know, obviously I saw the memes. How could you not? Um, I mean, I love Sam, Sam Jackson. So, I mean, I'll watch anything that he's in, no matter how bad, but uh, I don't know. This movie is all over the place for me. There are some moments where I'm, I'm like, are they taking themselves seriously? And then there's some moments where I'm like, there's no way they can, right. There's no way that there's no way they are, but, but I, but I, I flip-flop whether they, whether the movie's trying to be serious or not, because some parts, geez, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's aged well, but then in some ways it has, it has, I don't know. Like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Cause if you look at it as like a stupid movie, then you could still enjoy it today. But if that movie is trying to be serious in, in any sense of the word, then no, it, it doesn't. There's there's a lot of <laughs> lot of stuff that that wouldn't fly today in that movie. I don't think, but um, but yeah, it was uh, it, it was a wild ride. It was I was entertained. So I guess if if that was the intention of the movie, then it succeeded. Great, uh, Will. How about you? Oh, it's like campy diehard on a plane, man. It's great. No, I um I do remember watching this movie back in like. I was in college, I think, um, because a buddy of mine, uh, during summer break, we would hang out and watch like action movies. And this definitely came up as one of those where we were like, all right, we have to watch this film. And I'm pretty sure we made like a list of like the 100 reasons why Snakes on a Plane is like the most ridiculous film of all time. If I could find it, I will definitely share it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it was it was so much fun. This was just like, this is stupid fun to have. And I think going into it, I knew I had no reservations that they were not taking themselves seriously and that it was just supposed to be a bunch of like ridiculous fun and an over the top concept. And they were just going to they were going to go with it and double down. And that was what I felt like I watched. (laughs) And the um, I feel like there was something else, too, about it, that it was. I felt I felt like it was taking a lot of, I guess, some of the tropes from action movies that we come to expect. So that's why, to me, to a, to a certain extent, it felt kind of like Die Hard, you know, where it's 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 got a little bit of weird humor in there that it tries to throw in. It's got the action, but at the same time, it's it's so ridiculous as well that you can't completely take it seriously. 
Um, and there was one other thing too that I'll have to come back and think about later, but that came to mind and it's lost now. But yeah, just watching watching this and thinking Samuel L. Jackson is the only person that I could imagine in that role who would actually make this film work because he he has to be the straight guy. He has to be the straight character in that sense. While everybody else is being over the top and ridiculous, he has to be like that grounded force within the story to move it along. And so it was like, yep. Yeah, of course, he's the one person who could do this. He could he can be in any sort of ridiculous movie and do that. So it was great. I loved it. <laughs> and uh, May, how about you? Uh, I have to agree that it did seem like it was waffling between trying to be serious and just abandoning that entirely, especially <laughs> when you would have a very gratuitous like comic book death for some random character. And then there'd be another character that we really don't know any more about and hasn't really had any more screen time where everyone's so upset about them dying. Like, um, for instance, like uh, Samuel L. Jackson, his like FBI partner dying. I'm like, why do I care about this guy? He's been on screen <laughs> for a few minutes. <laughs> Versus like the the lady who got her eye eaten or something like that, right? Ooh, so yeah. it's like, that that part was the most jarring for me i think is just like the the deaths that we're supposed to care about or whatever didn't really make sense is like why they weren't also just like comic book gratuitous deaths. besides that like it the, the most redeeming aspect of this movie is just the fact that it is so aggressively mid-2000s it just mm -hmm. it feels like this little time capsule in a plane <laughs> uh so like that part's kind of cool just like feeling like i am truly in that era again and yeah th there were some points that were uncomfortable to watch um that did not age well but the more i sipped on my drink the better it got so that's <laughs> my final <laughs> review <laughs> yeah um the first time I saw this, like I I had just gone through like uh so I missed this like in theaters like completely and like even home video. Um and I was going through like a really hard like breakup. And um if you've ever gone through a hard breakup, like there's like a period where like you just kind of like like go from being like sad all the time to just numb, like where you're just like, Man, I just want to feel like something. And so I fired this bad boy up. Uh, and I was by myself and uh, it did not disappoint. Like it was like the first time I had felt like I had laughed in probably like two months. And um, it gave me everything that it promised uh, in the title and sort of like the premise uh, itself. So um, I have a fond place in my heart for that reason alone. But I love ridiculous um, movies like with ridiculous plots, uh, especially where at least there's like some self-awareness like involved and i think this definitely does have some self-awareness um i think uh if there's any doubt in your mind on like whether or not they're aware like the uh the tit bite and the dick bite with the snakes That's like those two thinking. things like are pretty clearly um I, I think firmly like i should say like on, on the side of like yeah like the um they know what they're what they're doing here um you're allowed to laugh in other words like if you're in the theater going like wait am i supposed to like consider this like a tragic action movie or like can i laugh and it's like yes you can laugh <laughs> like obviously those two things are the stuff that made me think it's not taking itself seriously but then when when sam jackson's telling the 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 witness he's like but if you die this will all be for nothing and stuff like <laughs> yes. that like it's yeah <laughs> 
like you know like stuff like that or when they bring in the 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 snake expert to help them with the like i don't know like what were they gonna do with all the anti-venom at that point the people are already dead you know you're only saving a couple people but yeah i don't know but yes those those kind of things make me think that they are like spessing around but (laughs) sure so for those of you who have not seen uh, this film, I guess I should probably summarize the plot before we get into like the the particulars. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. So um, <laughs> S- uh, Sean Jones is a surfer bro from Hawaii who's just out having a good time riding his dirt bike. And he witnesses the murder of a prosecutor at the hands of the nefarious Eddie Kim uh, via a baseball bat. He is subsequently rescued by uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character, Neville Flynn, uh, and is being escorted from Los Angeles, uh, or sorry, from Hawaii to Los Angeles. They have uh, essentially rented out first class, which was like one of the plot points. I was like, okay, sure. Oh, I know he's like in witness protection. (laughs) Meanwhile, Eddie Kim manages to track down what plane he's going to be on, fills it with venomous snakes in a time release crate, and uh, sabotages the plane by spraying down pheromones all over the lays that are given to passengers as they board the plane. The time release crate opens up and all hell breaks loose. I think that's pretty much all you need to know about the particulars of the story. If uh, if you want more details, um, I, I suggest you watch the film. I'm sure we'll cover a lot of ground as we get into the camp <laughs> cringe part here. Yeah, the, <laughs> the characters are all largely like a supporting cast of like people of various like uh fame fortune or like like you know um archetypes so you have like the honeymooning couple you've got like the famous hip-hop artist um and then you just have kind of like fodder for like for the snakes to basically um eat so like there's a, there's a whole spectrum most of them are just a sort of plot devices and archetypes i think like as it, yeah as it and goes, then there's but... the the b plot with the other fbi agent on the ground who's convinced to get back in the game get back into the field and has to <laughs> go find a snake expert and shoot him and <laughs> yeah played by bobby cannavale like he, he plays it with such gravitas like it's so funny like he's he's very very serious about uh making sure that they get that antivenom um, and snake expert like nailed down man you would think he was in a different movie honestly from that performance but <laughs> uh <laughs> so uh the the crux of the the episode here is is camp or our cringe so i figured like uh what i wanted to do was like start with uh is there anything in the film that's cringe for you right and let's talk about that stuff first get that out of the way um make a little list um if there's any particular moments or like things that stood out and then um we can give some examples obviously of like our favorite camp moments because i I think there's clearly some uh in this film and then we can kind of come down on one side or the other is it camp or cringe like overall so i'm gonna go reverse order this time may uh was there any cringe moments for you in this movie and if so like what are you describing it <laughs> the the scene where the mom who is i i don't know what accent she's supposed to have but she clearly is like some kind of foreigner with the, like the young baby is like helping the boy and like has this weird olive oil like method of sucking the snake venom out <laughs> and the guys yeah. are like Oh, well, she can help me. <laughs> I got bit too. <laughs> Mostly just because it made, as, as a scientific person, it just made me mad. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I and think also it's the, debunked, right? You can't. And really then also ace. it's like the, the casual sexism, of course. But uh, yeah. that, that was just like, oh, no, for me. 
besides that, I think also just like the fact that, of course, like the the two main guys got like the numbers of the uh, flight attendants or whatever, despite Sean Jones basically just sitting there and looking scared for most of it. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get being into Samuel L. Jackson, especially since he was kicking ass the whole time. Sean Jones just looked afraid and then was kind of useful at the end. <laughs> Is it because he got shot in the chest? Did that make him cool? <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> she I wasn't sure good. up until that moment and then sealed the deal. Yeah. The classic coupling, like, which is like a thing in, at the end of action movies, especially like of the 80s and 90s, like you had to like have like the coupling of like the principles usually like that. Yeah, that definitely feels like a like a not great holdover of like the the early action films for sure. Like yeah. Like, and then besides that, it was just, I am fine accepting ridiculous premises and like non-realistic physics. <laughs> it's fine. But I do like what if a movie can at least like stick to its story of like in the world of the movie, what, what physics looks like and how it works. Because they go from freaking out that 3Gs is going to shoot open the hole to also tearing a huge hole in the hole of the airplane <laughs> and it's fine. <laughs> uh or like all the stuff with the the snakes and and being aggressive and like just acting completely on on snake like even the pheromone explanation is like bullshit (laughs) (laughs) i feel like they're just like what's the most plausible way we can just get what we want out of this plot which is like how do you make snakes go ape shit on like a a plane (laughs) yeah how about will will, you will did you have any uh cringe moments anything that like stood out as like nah but it work uh yeah, I would say definitely sort of the sexualized aspect of these snakes. Like, they are all supposed to be, like, really turned on, right? Like, that's the whole, like, and that, to me, I thought was just sort of weird. I mean, when they started going to town on those lays, I was like, all right, maybe I can kind of go with that. And also, why didn't you use that as your defense, guys? You had, like, a whole crate of those things that you found later. Why don't you just use that to keep them off? But the... um I think for me, it was when there was the heavyset lady who was asleep, who had the one snake that just sort of traveled up her dress and she was like sleeping and dreaming and was like enjoying that for whatever Morning. that must have, must have, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, must have felt like. And then she gets like, you know, bit on the eyeball when she wakes up and finds the snake. And I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> But again, that's sort of like, that's the thing. There's so much like sexual stuff in the film anyway that's being joked about, like whether it's the couple hooking up in the bathroom or, you know, the the dude getting his dick bit that it's like, yeah, it's that's that's just sort of the mindset of whoever was writing the screenplay for this film was in. They're just like, how can we sex this movie up some more to make I'm sorry, it campy? I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Will, but you did remind me of the other thing, which, which is the fact that like when they're in the bathroom hooking up, yeah. there, there was zero turbulence. I'm like, oh, I, yeah. I can hardly use the toilet in a plain bathroom. All right. <laughs> Tell me how you're having comfortable sex in there. Yeah, how is there all that space? Like, damn, airplane bathrooms in, in movies have a lot of, of like clearance everywhere. But yeah, very young. Sorry, true. continue. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, they I felt like first class either. You know, like they were in right? like coach. I'm like, no way. I don't... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was the other thing that maybe it was like maybe in some ways because I know like the first Alien film was sexualized too like it was supposed to, and that was part of it that was part of the fear behind the creature was it was this sort of sexual innuendo that in some of the scenes and so it sort of felt like maybe they were parodying parodying that to a certain extent watching this is another influence 
um, behind it. So that, I mean, I guess in some way that would, I guess maybe make sense. But yeah, that for me was the cringe was the the sleeping lady. I thought no, <laughs> I mean, there's other stuff too, but that was probably the big one for me. Nice. Uh, how about you, George? Any cringe uh, moments for you? Yeah, a lot. Um, for me, it's the massive amounts of uh, stereotypes, right? Mm -hmm. Got the other uh, black guy. It is the you know the the black people on the on the other plane are the rapper and his entourage, right? Um, I, I think every Asian person there knew some sort of martial arts, right? It was Eddie Kim was training in martial arts. The guy that was on the plane, you know, is a professional kickboxer. Um, you know, you had like the 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 ditzy girl, you know, with the with the dog and. Uh, even the pilot, right? Like the um, uh, person in power being a freaking creep to his uh, his subordinates, right? Or co-workers in a sense, right? Like it, it was, a, you know, even though all I saw was Todd Packer, but he was playing exactly yeah, same. the same guy, right? Like he was playing <laughs> yeah. the same guy. It was like, yeah, a lot of pretty cringy uh, stereotypes that were, that were thrown in there. Um, they kind of, you know, I guess, like, I guess it was funny back then, but it's like really not now, you know? Like it's it's just... That's the kind of stuff that didn't that didn't age particularly well for me in the in in the movie because it just seems very cringy. It's like wow, like really, like all all of that. Um, yeah, those are probably probably the the big ones for me. Yeah, there was one something else I can't remember, but um, but yeah, definitely the the stereotypes. Yeah, that's a good point, I, man. Very fair. Um, so sort of piggybacking off of that, I thought it was like the the big cringe moment for me or like one of them was uh keenan thompson's character like being able to like land a plane like playing a playstation 2 game uh like not even like like modern day like microsoft flight simulator right where like you could probably argue that like he probably would still crash but at least it's like a little, yeah. a little more realistic like, that writing made no that... sense made no sense no. there's no high score in like a, a flight simulator no, no, no. game like what is that yeah it's like tell me you, you don't play video games without telling me you don't yeah. play video games um like why not just have that character like it would have been a touching moment if like oh like secretly like this guy's dream is to like become a pilot someday and he's been taking courses on his own like that's how you do good character development in that moment and like like flesh him out like a little bit and make it make sense right like oh i didn't know you like you, know, you never ask about me man like you could do a little, little exchange like that like and it's still funny and um yeah it's just like the video game thing was uh, oh was just i remembered the other thing too the other thing that stuck oh, out some yeah. homophobia too right when the guy who got bit um yep. the, the dude offered to, to suck the venom out he's like no but when the when he sees the this i think i think it's the same guy when he sees the girl that was uh, doing it to the kid, then then he yep. was all for it too. So that was also really like weird. Sorry, nah. Chris, it just no, popped no. into my <laughs> no, all good, man. Um, did you know? Speaking of the kickboxing guy on the plane, did you recognize him from uh, from the Expanse? That's Prax, Doctor Prax from the Expanse. <laughs> no, yeah, that's right. I didn't. I yeah. didn't. Yeah, I was like, his voice sounds really familiar, and like he kind of looks familiar, but like definitely the voice. And then, yep, he's Doctor Prax, one of my favorite uh, characters from the Expanse universe. But anyway, um, yeah, the 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 plane landing thing though was like probably one of the worst. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else that was really egregious because like a lot of that movie, I'm willing to just go like uh, it's just like you know, like you could pick apart like the the non realism all day, but it, like. It's called snakes on a plane. Like, I feel like, you know what you're getting into uh, <laughs> with the premise. Like I, I can, you know, I'm not about to start picking apart most of that stuff. Um, oh, the music video. That was the other thing at the end. Like, uh, I was, yeah. I was, the more we watched that, I was like, mm, 
boy like this is like i was expecting it to be like lonely island-esque maybe like no be funny I didn't get through that I didn't oh, get through it was that. Fucking <laughs> awful, dude. Like, yeah, I, no, I no, I turned it, it off. I, re- I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I, I regretted it. <laughs> I was like, man, they should have got Lonely Island because that would have been awesome. But uh, yeah, those are my two. Um, I'm so confused because I thought that was supposed to be like like three G's music video or whatever, and <laughs> he wasn't in it. <laughs> oh, was it? Was that was supposed to be his? Uh... I I thought that's like why what I was expecting. I mean, when he wasn't in it, I was just like, well, this is confused. Like. <laughs> three cheese yeah i'm pretty sure it's just the music video that like the the sound or the song rather was featured in the movie at some point maybe or was supposed to i don't know but yeah i was like watching a music video for a movie in the credits of the movie which seemed very weird and also yeah (laughs) a bad one yeah um i mean like this era i'm trying to think like it was kind of a thing i feel like to have like stuff happened during like the movie that really comes to mind is like the hangover like when you had mm. kind of the end credit sequence where it's like the photo album right like where you get to see like all the events that you've heard about like the little stills and stuff um but i'm trying to think if there was anything any other movies that did this but i, I feel like it did not um didn't work i can't imagine it even worked back then like i think i probably would have been like nah this is stupid <laughs> like no i'm good yeah anything you guys want to add in the cringe column before we go there on to uh to our favorite camp moments because i feel like we'll be here all all day if we list out all the camp moments so instead i think <laughs> let's uh let's list out our, our favorite camp moments so same order may i'll start with you do you have a favorite i got a list so for me the 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 where the camp came in for me was the scripts because like i mean 2010s are like this too but 2000s i feel like was peak fbi csi ncis procedural kind of show slash movie and like yeah this this is a lot of action movie tropes but also has a lot of the fbi flick like like tropes um anyway so mostly along those lines also some other like great pieces of dialogue my 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 three favorite lines were uh when when the flight attendant is justifying how she knows to make an impromptu flamethrower and says that she went through a pyromaniac phase as a kid and it's just a completely (laughs) throwaway line (laughs) just not never questioned um i also loved when i'm reading his name but the guy that's on the ground like hunting down the snake uh like smuggler dude um he like jumps out of his vehicle and starts charging him with his gun and someone shouts at him what are you doing and he calls back my job (laughs) it's yeah just on point and then um i also love that someone actually said wow that's going to leave a mark after one of the snake bites (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's it's very um i guess like joss whedon-y kind of dialogue in a lot of ways and um i like that they leaned into it that was the most camp part for me amazing yeah those are definitely some some awesome moments especially like yeah the FBI, like it's just something about the way that he approached that where he was like and i'm playing this 100 straight like i want people to believe that i take this very seriously yeah how about you will oh favorite moment of camp in this film man i mean kind of piggybacking off that for the dialogue i mean the classic line like <laughs> like tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane like <laughs> that was uh 
that was pretty much it that's like the, the um i what else that really came to mind i guess it was like the fact that it was all these ridiculous types of snakes all like thrown in together that would somehow i guess the idea was like it doesn't matter what breed they are they're all just go and do their thing and murder everybody on this plane and they all just seem to and they do attack each other a little bit but it's still it's like they all just sort of like spread everywhere and <laughs> find their way into every control console and then suddenly it's like and you think it's bad enough wait for the big one to come when everybody's trying to get up into first class and like that whole uh just the scene where they're trying to climb up there and and the the big snake breaks through the glass and falls into the the cabin area and then the the staircase collapses and you get these shots as people are either getting trampled and like one guy gets a a heel from an, a lady who's climbing over him like jabbed into his ear and somebody else gets like a piece of debris stabbed into their neck and it's like all this kind of like a what's been mentioned before where it's like you don't really feel invested in the characters to us i mean some of them you might care for like i actually felt kind of bad that like the the honeymooners died like the guy who was like really ocd about everything i was like oh man and he he didn't make it i was kind of thinking that maybe he would i mean granted most people aren't going to make it out of this but i was kind of rooting for him like yeah i mean even he knew something weird was going on and no, but I mean, obviously, he's the one guy who thinks everything is <laughs> is off. You know, so. But um, like, yeah, and so I think that for me, it was like all the over the top um, mutilation or attack, uh, uh, snake attacks that was and just sort of like, you're not really like, you don't feel bad. You It's just sort of like you're going with it. Oh, no, somebody else died, you know, and I unfortunately, too, for the like, I feel like the dog in the film which we haven't touched base or we haven't talked about is also used as as like a comedic thing in its own death when everybody's like you know like trying to get away and the one like asshole british guy who's on the plane throws the dog to try and get the giant snake to go after it right before the giant snake also crushes and eats him but you know karma is good but at the same time you're just like the the dog is sort of treated as like a as like a joke for another death that happens in the film and so it's like oh that's that's kind of rough so i think that sort of just not really invested in the characters not really feeling like death is a is a is an issue there's no impact to it it's just sort of like what you're signing up for with that i feel like that's very much a sign of the campiness of the film yeah there's some like raimi-esque violence in there for sure like like mm-hmm. those like like almost three stooges kind of like gags but like hyper violent like you know t- turned up to like 11 um for sure yeah like um they they went well far and beyond like above and beyond like what you needed to do like for like how a snake could get like it could have just been people getting bitten but like woof, boy they dial it up uh to, to crazy levels at times the one in the eye like there's like stuff like that where you're like this is just to make everybody squirm and like kind of like laugh uncomfortably, basically stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All right, George, how about you? Do you have our favorite <laughs> moment of camp? Um, I, I think it was just the deaths in general, right? That's the part that makes me think like this is this movie's just supposed to be fun, right? Because when you've got like a, a plane that I mean, the plane wasn't entirely full, but there's a bunch of disposable characters on that plane, right? That's when you can, that's what makes this movie fun for me, right? Like it's not a horror movie, but in the, in, in those type of movies, like the, the deaths are the things that stand out. But here 
you're going to kill off like more than half of the people that are on this plane. So you can do it in all kinds of crazy ways to make it fun and make that like the, the interesting part, right? Like you talk about the, the guy that got bitten uh, in dick, uh, and, you know, and all the, all those kinds of crazy deaths. Like you can do that when you have this amount of disposable characters that nobody cares about. So that you could always laugh or, or cringe or like feel some kind of way in response to the deaths. And that's the part that I, I thought was fun, even though some of the deaths are a little bit, well, they're all pretty much over the top and uncomfortable, but like, that's the part of the movie that I guess was fun, you know, seeing all the different ways that these snakes are going to like, you know, mess with these people. And then also the amount of things that don't make any sense whatsoever on the movie makes me think it has to be intentional, right? Like these, these crazy snakes can, uh, um, you know, rip a, rip apart circuit boards in a very strategic manner but god forbid <laughs> you put a couple pieces of luggage and they, they they can't get through that you know that 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 holds them off for a bit <laughs> or or the massive snake that you mentioned like what was that thing doing you know up and you know up into the first half of the movie it was just hanging out and then decides to join to join the fray like that 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 was crazy and um and there's also like a few things that i feel like whoever wrote the movie just wanted to have in there and forced it you know, like I found it really stupid that uh, after the first pilot dies, right, that they would leave. And then after the second one is attacked, that they would leave him unattended by himself in there. Like, I don't understand <laughs> that. Like, you already yeah. lost one pilot because snakes got in there. You already got bit. And then we're just going to leave the dude in there to the point that, like, we don't realize he's dead until the plane's, like, you know, mm -hmm. heading down. Like, that was just so dumb. But you know the director or the writer definitely wanted a passenger to land this plane to put this movie over the top and was going to find a way to make that happen because that that made no sense y you may as well have just killed them both you know mm -hmm. at the same time uh my favorite uh moment like hands down on this rewatch uh especially was like um so as they're you know have landed safely they're they're deplaning sean is uh attacked like bitten in the chest by a snake <laughs> we later find out like it's fine because he has a bulletproof vest which like presumably saves him from the snake bite instead of like just like ripping off the snake or like doing anything else samuel L. jackson shoots him in the chest which seems like the most irresponsible <laughs> but like cool way i guess to deal with the snake <laughs> Like he's just totally fine with that, like as a way to, to deal with the situation. So I love that. I was like, this is so fucking stupid and awesome. But that's how you would deal with that. Um, and then the snake battering rams, like I know that it's not like the snakes like um really like uh designed that moment or made that happen, but it's just a really funny visual image of a bunch of snakes like fucking like sounding the charge and battering through the uh luggage case on like the food carts like twice not once but twice like it's just mm -hmm. amazing um to may's point the physics are very uh inconsistent and that only <laughs> happened when like the drama was needed like that could have happened at any given time but no it's like we needed to this has to be a very specific moment that both of these things are going to come careening through here um so yeah i think both of those are are great and i think like overall like um you know this movie reminded me a lot of like a slasher movie and that like you've got uh, again tons of stereotypes and archetypes like being used um the body count is super high and like all the characters for the most part are disposable and you have kind of uh really it's just a playground for creative deaths right like you have the premise and the danger and then it's just going to be like how how do you want to like uh 
kill and maim these people in creative and unique ways. So. More just a side note, I'm surprised that when they landed the plane, they actually didn't like crash the plane. So I feel like in a lot of even like uh, movies where they are serious about having threats that take place on an airplane, usually the ending to some degree, there's some sort of damage that happens when they land it. So I almost felt like I was expecting something else to happen or like another snake to pop out at the last second, besides the one that gets the guy on the chest with the bulletproof vest. I felt like just there was going to be some other threat. And it was like, no, actually, we landed it pretty well. So <laughs> and also, fuck you, Randy. He's my brother. And I say, fuck him. And that was <laughs> was that what the yeah, what what dude man said after he landed the plane? I think that line and probably also the. <laughs> What was it? Sam Jackson said something like, turn this motherfucker left, Troy. And when they finally yeah. get it down, he wants to pull it in. Those it two turns lines. on a dime. It turns on a dime because that's how planes work, too. It's just yeah, like, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, you can drift those things, apparently. So, yeah. Awesome. I, I do feel like we should just address the fact that the largest plot hole of all is why someone who's trying to get rid of a witness would do it by killing dozens of people <laughs> and racking up a bunch of murder charges yeah yeah i mean again i think like uh it's probably not something they thought too hard about or cared about literally how do we get snakes on a plane find a good reason yeah no, we we like oh, find the, any reason i like I definitely like started with that and eddie kim goes like oh I've exhausted all other options. And this is the only one. Like, what, what were the other options? Right. Like, something along those lines. Like, I didn't, you know, I had to resort to this because I don't have any other, like, what else were you considering? You know, what, what were you brainstorming before you arrived at this one? You know, like they thought about spiders and decided that they'd get stuck in the air filters. So obviously they had to go with snakes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can't put a, we can't put a bomb on the plane because that's not going to work. So, no. Let's have us uh, a quick vote, shall we? Like camp or cringe. So I'm now going to go back down and reverse the order once again. So, George, I'm starting with you as the guest of honor. Camp or cringe? Hmm. I'm going to go with cringe. Cringe? Okay. Yeah. You want to like give like a 15 I, I, second? Yeah, I'm going to go with cringe because I, because I think it's because I'm watching it now. And so I have to factor in my mindset right now. And I would not really recommend that movie to anybody <laughs> like be, be, now, you know, this is something that if I had watched it back then, I'd be like, wow, I could look back on it and be like, wow, that was a pretty stupid movie. That was fun back then. I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy watching this now because it, it was entertaining, but, but yeah, I think it was just cringy. And, and even the stuff that was fun about it was just dumb and silly but yeah i don't know that i'd recommend that movie to someone right now to go watch <laughs> <Hey>. now <laughs> fair fair play but i don't uh, regret about... watching it at the same time you know and like <laughs> yeah no, no, no. I, I, I hear what you're saying yeah yeah no i hear what you're saying for sure yeah. uh will how about you i'm gonna have to lock in for camp i think there's definitely some there's plenty of cringy moments that we have gone over i think overall for me it, it pushes more into the camp territory just knowing that it's not taking itself seriously, I can cut it a little bit more slack for some of the, I guess, the the, the things that the, by any other standard, like if this was supposed to be like a serious movie, then the things that would bother me about it, whether it's the stereotypes, the sexism, or just like the gratuitous deaths um, would have more of an impact for me. But because it is not taking itself seriously, because it is over the top, I feel like in a lot of ways that's adding to that 
And so I would go with Camp. All right. May? I'm swigging the vote back the other way. Uh, my vote is cringe <laughs> as well, actually. Um, nice. It's self-aware. The, the humor feels very, like, of the time period, like, very similar. I mean, it's more violent, obviously, but the humor is very similar to, like, Zoolander or Anchorman mm. or, like, you know, that kind of stuff. And it just doesn't age well, just as a, as a kind of comedy. And... Mm. Even if it's self-aware, I just I just don't think it nails the landing to put in an airplane pun. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you know what I kind of like compared it to like the, the scary movies movies? Mm, yeah. Like yeah. like that's what it kind of felt like. Like those were hilarious back then as a kid. Mm-hmm. Probably not so funny right now. You know, th- that kind of that's kind of how I see this one. I, yeah. I'd agree. And like I did appreciate the moments uh where it, it did feel like it was kind of parodying action genre uh and like fbi procedurals and stuff like that but it felt like it was trying to do too many things at once and wasn't quite Mm -hmm. sure if it was serious or what it was joking about so yeah cringe for me but like george said i'm also glad that i've seen it now so i can (laughs) (laughs) relate so i'm I'm gonna cheat a little bit here i'm gonna call this a cramp um, you know, like, <laughs> what? Uh, that sounds worse than either, Chris. It's cramp. Uh, it, it, it's cr- it's cringy camp, and like, I, so I guess I would if I had to like pick one or the other, which we do. I, I'm gonna fall into the camp category, but it, like with the caveat that I don't think it's like good camp or like fully successful camp. Uh-huh. I think that like it it gets the camp vote just because there is that self-awareness and there is sort of like the gratuitous over the topness, but I would recommend so many other movies above this, like, uh, as like a, a party watch, right? Like a group watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think it leaned into the premise enough. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in my opinion, like, uh, we, we've talked about some of like the bits that feel a little bit, um, out of left field where like it is like too serious um and i think that kind of drags it down a little bit i think you could cut that entire subplot with the antivenom and the angel on the ground uh, yeah. completely th- from the movie and it wouldn't suffer at all like who cares like these people are dead like if you're gonna buy that there's like vipers that are just attacking people relentlessly on a plane like like why do you really care what happens to them you know <laughs> what i mean like <laughs> they've all just been there for your entertainment for two hours anyway so um but yeah like so it's camp with like a little caveat so we we technically have like uh a tie i guess for camp or cringe it's not like it's not like two and a half votes for cringe and one and a half for for camp that's yeah that's heard. true that, yeah that's yeah, what that's that true. sounds like to me and yeah. you, you know what i uh, made this is your first time watching it also yes you see i i, I think it's really telling that the two people the that are watching it are yeah. watching it for the first time now are, are mm-hmm. in the cringe ca- uh, camp, I guess. Um, <laughs> the people who have seen hey. camp <laughs> You're like, yeah, you guys are a camp cringe. We're in the cringe camp. We are not the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm tweeting uh, that later. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> now it's, um, you know, unsuccessful. Uh, again, like I think there is the some nostalgia rose colored glasses. Um, I've t- talked about the circumstances in which I saw this and <laughs> too, but um, it has some redeeming qualities. But yeah, there's better examples of this. Hopefully, when we get to my other pick, which I'm not going to name, uh, that one like 
well i don't want to even say because somebody might guess what it is it has elements to it that are like way more over the top than anything in this that i feel like uh might place it a little more firmly um than the other but we'll, we'll we'll see when we get to it all right so i guess technically like by half a point this is cringe so uh <laughs> i'll find some kind of graphic to to put here and uh we'll, we'll label it um cringe um which i believe is our second cringe in the camper cringe uh debate here uh, it is other it's, it's joining two of a kind, two of a kind. Oof, yeah <laughs> the movie that i just want to remind our audience members once again that you cannot legally rent digitally anywhere <laughs> <laughs> that's how <laughs> fucking hard that movie is to find uh whatever that's how much it. we care that's how much we care is we found this movie to talk about we're bringing yep. you the deep cuts all right <laughs> do we do it legally i'm gonna plead the fifth uh, <laughs> okay so who is ready for a little uh little game to kind of wind things down awesome all right so may did you have a name for your letterbox review uh game before did we ever like christen that if we didn't that's okay uh i think it i don't think we like had a name for it i just called it like one star reviews or one, one star, star reviews review yep. trivia well, or, yep. i don't know <laughs> All right. Well, um, we'll have to like TBD on that. Like we'll, we'll figure out a name, <laughs> but I, I love, I love that game so much. I decided to make a new round of that. So for okay. our audience listeners and for George, uh, what I've done is I've picked five films and I've selected three one-star reviews for each film. The first review that I give you is going to be uh, a little more like opaque. Uh, and then as we get to the third one, it's usually like a dead giveaway on like what the movie is. And the second one's kind of in between. Okay. So these are real reviews from real users from Letterboxd, which is a social media film review um, platform, which is really cool. We have an account on there, I believe, that we should start using. <laughs> I know we each have individual accounts on there as well. So any questions? Oh. Chris, I just remembered, I got the idea from a um, TikTok with people doing this with books. So they call it One Star Review Guess Who. One, nice. There you go. One Star Review Guess Who. Uh, amazing. We'll have to see if we can track down and give credit to uh, to that TikTok. Uh, but thank you for the idea, whomever you are. And <laughs> I do have a little, um, a little bonus in here. If there's a theme um for all five of these films if you can guess the theme by the end and I'm, i'll even be willing to give you a hint i'll give you some bonus points okay hmm. so here we go your first film uh this is from extra 77 who says pretentious and ever long or overlong uh boldly includes a fourth act for some reason most people have tragically already seen this if you haven't i'd stay far away so pretentious and overlong boldly includes a fourth act for some reason. Most people have tragically already seen this. If you haven't, I'd stay far away. Is it Lord of the Rings Return of the King? <laughs> it's not. That, it's not <laughs> I got nothing. Throw a Hail Mary out. That was going to be that was going to be mine. OK, uh, okay. nice. <laughs> Nice. So just by how long it is, I'm just thinking it's the longest movies. No, I totally uh, not a bad guess given that. So I picked this next one because it's it's a little nuts, um, but I love this. So um, Exorcist fan uh, on Letterbox says this film is about a pasty young man who is relentlessly bullied by a king who dresses like a bird 
In real life, bullying someone for their complexion is wrong, but in the film, it is hilarious. The king's leather bird costume is shiny and disgusting because he is a sicko who hates the feeble. I think the bird mask is a metaphor for Elvis. Don't watch this movie if you are pale. <laughs> I was like, I'm putting that in. I'm totally putting that in. <laughs> is, God, I'm trying to remember. The Birdman? Yeah, the Michael Keaton movie, right? No, no, it's okay. not. Okay. <laughs> That's what I just thought. Bird <laughs> costume. The first thing that came to wait, wait, is, it, is it Sesame Street? <laughs> <laughs> Bullying a pasty child. <laughs> it's about a pasty young man who is relentlessly bullied by a king who dresses like a bird. <laughs> Not how uh, I would choose to describe this movie, but if you kind of stretch your imagination a bit. Got it. Hmm. Don't read uh, what this guy is saying is completely literal. Like I would think, like I mean, what brother. else do we got? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the fact that it's long and has four acts. Just like a bird. Um. Yeah. So, final clue. Never understood why people like this movie or think it's a good interpretation of the Joker. Oh. So wait. So that was. Wait, hold on. <laughs> so we're talking about the Dark Knight. Is that? That's it. It's the Dark All right. Knight. Okay. <laughs> so it's one point for Will. Nice. <laughs> so going back to the, it's about a pasty young man who is relentlessly bullied by a king who dresses like a bird. Sorry, I just was like, this person's a little unhinged, so I'm including this. And sorry, it was Think Zero Zero Four for that last one. So nice job, Will. I All would right, not have gotten film. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the final clue is always a giveaway, right? So yeah. here we go. Final clue, or sorry, not final clue. New movie, first clue. <laughs> Long and slow, like a painful death. Oh, God, so many. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just going to throw one out there just because, even though I love this movie, 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's not that one. Avatar. Mm. Ooh. Not that one either. Which Avatar? <laughs> the, the first. The Blue one. People? The James Cameron movie. The Blue yeah. People one or the Airbender? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was from um, Lancho Mateo. All right. So, next one from just simply D, the letter D. Absolutely dislike this. Nothing in this movie makes sense, and there's nothing to get from it. Can't see what everyone else sees about this movie. Felt like a fever dream. And also, I hate sci-fi. Smiley emoji. I kind of knew it was sci-fi just based on the length. Sorry, what did you say, George? No, no, no. That, that would have been would have further solidified my avatar, <laughs> guess. <laughs> I feel like the movie with Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones would fit into this, but I don't remember the name of that film that came out. That was sci-fi. It was very long, and I, I feel, <laughs> I feel like it would fit in this category. I would actually agree if it is that film, but I wish I could remember the name of it. But I'm not going to cheat and look it up. So, oh man! All right, final clue. Wait, 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 I'm going to go with the guess. I'll go with okay. the alien it's not Ooh. alien 
Yeah. I, I said I the like original him. Dune. It's oh. not the original Dune. Ah. <laughs> uh. And finally, from MBB, we have, I'm sorry, I just really couldn't get myself to like or enjoy this movie. It's too long, barely any dialogue, and I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on until the end of the movie. I love sci-fi movies and shows. The vibe of this reminded me of the show Altered Carbon. I love Altered Ooh. Carbon so much, and it was the sole reason why I love and enjoy sci-fi movies. Ryan Gosling, as always, is so sexy in this movie. So that was the only thing that was <laughs> Blade, keeping me Blade Runner 20, whatever. 2049. Uh, I'll give it to George. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he had it. He, he knew. Yeah, he knew. Uh, I, yes. Yeah, the for second one. one. <laughs> Blade Runner <Nice>. 2. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed Blade Runner 2049. Yep. I kind of agree. Sorry. I love that movie so much. Ouch. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, here we go. New film altogether. Uh, from uh, Kaikart, K Y E C A R T. Two hour long commercial for birth control. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's not really very specific, but grown ups. <laughs> no. <laughs> Back to the future. Nope. Hey! Oh, <laughs> nice. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. That deserves a that deserves like a um like a bonus point just because. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next clue. Rip off of The Last of Us. Overrated. But it's gotta be relatively new. I can't and I, I don't remember the name but there was a, a, a movie with Vigo Mortensen I think it was his daughter oh, it was the, like, yeah it was the, a post the road yeah no that you're correct in the movie title but that's not the one for this one all right all right final clue this movie, uh, this is from Jess. This movie is so boring and bad. Wolverine dies to an effing tree. Come on, X-Men Origins Wolverine <laughs> oh, was so Logan? much better. <laughs> Who said it first? Logan? Who said it uh, first? Will was I, might, I was going to say, okay. I, I don't know. I didn't hear, but I might not have. So <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even finish saying it before he <laughs> yeah, it is dies Logan. to a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverine Origins was much better. It had Gambit in it. <laughs> I am Groot. Wolverine Origins was much better. (laughs) These are not really like, um, if you haven't been able to tell by now, like people that uh, have popular opinions on most of these. Wolverine Origins was the one that had leaked like ahead of time, right? Everybody watched it. Like, Mm, was that that the one one that had the original Deadpool? Like, like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Like, where he's like, oh, like, got the pucker face and stuff. Yeah. That's hilarious. Two films to go right now. It is uh, Will with two points and George with a point. Uh, Here is your next film. They didn't need to act. Isn't this how white men normally behave? Wolf on Wall Street. 
That yeah. is correct. Oh, <laughs> Damn. Oh, that's good. That's good. Damn. Um, good on the board. Yeah, <laughs> with the sucker firmly on the board. <laughs> the other joking. two clues, <laughs> <you> nailed it. <laughs> the other two wow. uh, reviews. So we had Jack William Varl said. I don't think I've ever enjoyed a movie less in my life. Everything about it is vile and it felt celebratory rather than critical. The ship scene was exhilarating, which saves it from a zero out of 10, uh, which is funny because there's only five stars on this platform. But um, <laughs> finally, David David said too much sex, orgies and nudity. I wouldn't mind too much normally, but this film made me see Jonah Hill's penis and I can't forgive it for that. <laughs> uh, so there you have it. All right. So nice. one Good point job, each man. for Will and uh, George, and May has three. So comes down to this one. What, what are the movies? Two. What are the movies so far? Uh, so we had the Dark Knight. We had mm-hmm. Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Logan, and Wolf of Wall Street. And I'll give you a little hint if you guys get stuck on the theme, which it's you know. Yeah, I was looking at the theme, but three animals, but I, I got nothing on Blade Runner um all right finally here we go first clue of the final film all the characters are insufferable and i found it so incredibly hard to sympathize with the lead about anything she is so cringy i struggled to get through the whole movie too many incredibly privileged sad white girl movies around these days lady bird oh yeah it yeah, is yeah i was gonna say that oh, <laughs> oh man God. hey wow <laughs> what a comeback yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, you've been giving better first clues. Mm-hmm. It's not just well, like this movie was long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard because you have to sift through pages and pages. Like, yeah. <laughs> nice. The other two, that was from Bat Dog, uh, from Liv Carlone. So this movie made me want to drop a toaster in my bathtub. That bitch really talks to her mom like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then from Mimi. Maybe it's uh, because my mom compared our relationship to the mother-daughter one in the movie because it was genuinely boring or because of Timothy Chalamet, but I hated it. So nice. There you have it. <laughs> nice. Well done, May. Six points. Yeah, like, seriously. Victory. Excellent job. Um, I tell you what, I will make the bonus for five points so you guys could at least tie May and then we could extend it with a tiebreaker if you can tell me the theme without a hint. If I have to give you a hint, we'll say it's three points and it'll be a tiebreaker for potentially for Will and and, uh, George. So is the theme just because I feel like George already mentioned it, right? No, I mean, animals. Yeah, but it it only covers four of them. Does it only cover four? Blade Runner, I don't see an animal there. They had an animal. No, I mean, like in the, I guess in the title or in the. Oh, yeah, is, that, so is that basically off of the title itself? Is the I don't theme, know. Or is it with I don't know. It's something to do with the films. It's, it doesn't have to be just oh, okay, like, okay. it's not. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Does each movie have a duo? but it's not a bad guess because honestly there's i think that would fit for a lot of these but no ready for a hint there's an important kid in every movie (laughs) 
Jackman seen Wolf of Wall Street, so I couldn't I couldn't speak to that. <laughs> no, no important kids there. Yeah. All right. Here's your hint. It has to do with the directors of the films. I, I thought that, but the Dark Knight is not the same director as Scorsese in, in Wolf of Wall Street. Are they all auteurs. <laughs> I mean, you can make <laughs> they all have a certain look. It's mm. if I think uh was it was it uh James Mangold for Logan? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Can't remember who did Lady Bird. It's a alliterative name. I'll give you that hint for her. <laughs> also an acronym for good games. <laughs> All that, Academy Award Gerwig? winners? Mm, that might technically be true. I'd have to look, but that's not what Academy that. Award winning directors. <laughs> all right. Shall I reveal the theme? Yes, please. I'm so, not going to get it. All of these directors have hotly anticipated films that are in like the top 10 anticipated movies of 2023. Um, so, well, well done, May. Um, you absolutely crushed it. And thanks again for the idea. Like this was fun. I actually took screen captures like of the review, so I'm gonna put them into like the edit. Um, you should. When I edit you should. Episode, so. <laughs> Good game. GGs. Greta Gerwig. Tasty kid. Gets bullied by a man who dresses up like a bird. Uh, good stuff. All right. Well, uh, let's have our next film, shall we? And we will skedaddle. So I'm shuffling the deck. And here we go. Let's see what our next film is. Ooh, it is a fade to black. Mm. Let me go to my little cheat sheet and see what that is. So to kind of recap fade to black, <laughs> the definition is analyze how the final scene of a film leaves a lasting impression long after the credits roll. And this is... Number three, which is uh, quite appropriate because it is The Dark Knight. Uh, Gordon's VO. So Gordon's voiceover in The Dark Knight. Also appropriate because it's celebrating its anniversary this weekend. This was uh, the weekend it came out back in, I think, what, 2007? Sound right, right? Yeah. Generally, yeah, probably around there. Yeah. <laughs> so um i'll i will correct myself in the edit if i'm wrong but i think it's the 15th anniversary of dark knight so good pick this will Sweet. be talking about on next week's episode um before we uh skedaddle uh george would you like to plug anything sir no i don't got anything going on right now <laughs> Well, you can find us at uh, ScreenQuest Pod on Twitter, on social media. Please uh, engage with us. Take part in our Friday film polls. Comment on, uh, do you think Snakes uh, on a Plane is camp or cringe? Let us know. And as always, we really do appreciate your support. Uh, please give us a like, share, and subscribe if you haven't already. Even if you just tell one friend about the show, it's a big, big help. So thank you for that. And until next time, we love you. Bye. Bye, guys.